0: Welcome. Hello, hello. We've done it. Finally. <laughs> I know. I see you like all the time. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, I keep on forgetting. Like, I had, like, this is technically an episode I have to film, but like, for me, with everybody, but like, especially this, I'm like, this is just us hanging. Like, I might as well take off my shoes. Like, suddenly in my head, like, I'm at your apartment. Right. It feels like. But yeah, thank you for this coming. This kind of
1: like is, rem- this is reminiscent of the apartment, too
0: with Honestly,
1: our, our pop culture wall we have at, at home.
0: The vinyl wall and all. Which one of those vinyls are your favorite? Um, well,
1: we had taken down the What's Your Pleasure one because I put up the That Feels Good, the okay. one. And me and Kevin, our, our dear friend Kevin, um, I was like, well, I wanna put this up. And he's like, well, girl, we can't have two Jesse Wears up there. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, then let's take the other one down. Mm-hmm. Cause that's not current anymore. Um, and I was like, and this one's signed, so it has to be displayed. So we put it up.
0: I find it. To I be... say
1: we don't need the Taylor Swift one, but we do that for Kyle, our other roommate.
0: Which Taylor Swift vinyl
1: is it? Reputation.
0: Okay, she could stay. <laughs> she could say, if it was Lover, I'd be like, immediately to the trash room, immediately. But right. like, well, I would say that about any Taylor Swift, but apparently people like Reputation. Reputation is great. Yeah. Have you ever listened to it?
1: Just like the singles from it. I really don't pay her any mind which is she's just like not my cup of tea yeah. but I get it there's people who
0: love her and people who just vibe with her yeah which is fine <laughs> yeah it's not really a shady I don't know her of yours it's just a general like I don't really look after her or look for her mm-hmm. but I love the brunette today.
1: thank you yeah I was gonna I wasn't aware like my signature blonde um, but I was like no let's go back to my roots and you know I I, 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 underneath this I am brown you've, you've seen me mm-hmm. and as Michael um so I was like let me let me change it up for this at least yeah this is your to show the real me
0: your onyx hotel yes moment oh my god that is such a good way to put it i love that it's very um, that it's very like your chaotic like messy bang moment you look high in people i like well that. like people that know that i'm doing this today they're probably
1: expecting me to be wearing the black the platinum blonde Oh, okay. So then I was like, okay, we'll
0: wait. Time to gag them a bit. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming. I literally feel like I like I keep on forgetting that I'm fucking hosting something. It feels like I'm hosting you at my apartment, and I fucking love that. But I'm happy to have you on because, in general, you've always been that girl. You've always had something about you that's made you different as a person and as a performer. But especially as of lately, I don't want to date this episode that we're filming it, but it is June of 2023, and I will say as a fan and as a friend, you're having a fucking moment right now, girl. Uh,
1: I think so too, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I when I first moved to New York, I was terrified of like getting into the drag scene because I come from a region of LA that is not as intense as like West Hollywood or downtown LA, mm-hmm. which is very much filled with drag and yeah. nightlife like that. And so, the region of LA that I started in was more of like the suburbs. It was like 45, 50 minutes east of actual LA. Mm. So the drag scene was very big, but it was very two-dimensional. There was not a lot of vari- variety. It was, it was not a lot of um, competition, I would say. Mm. So it was easy to stand out. It was easy to make your you know sp- your spot there. Um and so I had my my show and my residency there for years and then I decided to move to New York during the mm-hmm. pandemic. So when I moved here and the idea of like doing drag terrified me because I'm like this is New York City. Like the girls have to be incredible. Yeah. We've seen, you know, evidence of that on Drag Race. The girls from New York who end up on Drag Race are all great. Yeah. So I was terrified. And so then I one day just uh found a a competition at playhouse it was like a wednesday competition that they Mm -hmm. do and anyone could sign up and i'm like the least competitive person so i went and i saw i went the week before i was scheduled to do it because i wanted to like scope it out and see what i was getting myself into um so i went and i was like okay well (laughs) maybe it's not as scary (laughs) as Mm -hmm. i thought it would be Mm -hmm. um well, we love everybody. Everyone's great, and everyone's drag is valid. I always say everyone's drag is valid. You, you know, there's no really a right way to do it. Um, but what I saw didn't feel as intimidating as I was expecting in my head. Um, Work. So I went ahead and did it, and when I finally did it the following week, I won, which I have never won anything mm. ever doing drag. Like I had did, I had done pageants and like weekly competitions really? back at home. Yeah. And I would never win. As prepared as I would be, like I would be, you know, you've seen like choreographed and everything, yeah. but I didn't have pack up dancers. I didn't have, um, you know, like the shablam, I didn't do the shablams, I didn't do the splits, I didn't do what people usually expect from a drag queen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would never win because the audience back home was very, they didn't really know much uh, outside of shablams and splits. I see, yeah, completely. So I think that was what was my issue trying to make it Mm. or get some recognition. I would say. Um, So I won the first competition here in New York that I did, and it felt like okay. Well, maybe I can find a spot here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But then later in the year, my home bar back in California decided to reopen. And this is what year? this was the end of 2021 got you okay so at the end of 2021 my home bar where i had my show for many years decided to reopen finally Mm -hmm. and i went back to just for unfinished business basically yeah um and then i got comfortable doing that so then i started flying back and forth genius to just do my show there because i didn't like when i was here in new york i didn't like having to start over again. And I didn't think about that moving here. Like if I wanted to drag, I'm basically starting over. Absolutely. Because I didn't know anyone here moving here. Mm -hmm. Everyone's back in California. So it was like being a baby queen again. It was like starting fresh again. And that's frustrating when you've been doing it already for so many years. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So it's like humbling a bit. Yeah. But it's annoying at the same time because it's like, okay, six, seven years under your belt at that point, girl. Like, but you had to do it. I had
1: to do it, um, but the thing was, I got comfortable with the back and forth to California. Mm. That I started to not focus on my drag here in New York. So the girls that I was see. doing competitions with here started to like get go places and started getting their own shows or getting mm. booked for non-competition stuff. And whenever I would come back here to just just to perform whenever I wanted to, it was more of a leisure thing. Um, I started to feel like, well, shit, I don't like competitions. I don't want to be doing these competitions. Yeah. And so I started seeing these girls, like, get their own shows or, or get booked beyond competitions, and it made me feel a little discouraged. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, whatever, fuck this. <laughs> so I started, like, putting it to, like, the back burner my drag here in New York, and I was, like, focusing on Michael and, and creating friendships and the roommates I had just moved in, I was, like, focusing on establishing good relationships with them so like all of 2022 i didn't really focus on my drag here mm-hmm. and then at the end of 2022 when i was back in california doing my shows like something hit me and i was like this is not fun here anymore the audience was not giving me what i wanted I see. from them because i wanted to do numbers that I knew would succeed here in New York because the audiences are so diverse yeah. and they understand
0: more. They're looking for new drag too. Right. Actively. And yeah.
1: back home, the audiences are great, but they're very limited as to what they appreciate. You know, they expect like mm-hmm. top 40. They expect
0: like, um, you know, just like the typical things. Like they just look for kind of drag brunch numbers. Right. Right. Which we love a drag brunch number right. and we love how they pay, but I get what you mean. Here yeah. you could like, What I love about New York drag is that you could actively experiment, but also still kind of have your own thing, your own signature and work with it here at the same time. Like a lot of girls try something different one night and it's never like a life or death situation because first of all, it's really not that serious to begin with, but it's not something you could really like fumble on if that makes sense, because most people are gonna live for it. And most times from what I've seen, all the performers that I love my favorite performances of theirs are the ones that they took a risk on and that they they tell me after they're like, girl, I was petrified to do this. I thought the song was too slow. People don't know the song. People will not get it. Those risks always work out from what I've seen.
1: Oh yeah. And those typically are the ones that I have the most fun doing. So what I've started to do now, which I've never told anyone this and my bar back home, y'all don't know this. Um, So now what I've been doing is testing new numbers there to do mm. here. Smart. Um, and even if the crowd there doesn't get it, which they pr- sometimes, or even most likely all the time, won't know or get it, mm-hmm. I'm doing it because I wanna make sure it feels right for me. So a lot of times I'll do, I love, aside from being you know, like into like all the pop girls and, and recreating the pop girls when yeah. I do drag, um, I do love doing Broadway because I grew up doing musicals. Mm. So when I do Broadway there, it doesn't really
0: shine yeah. as much as it does here because this is New York City. New York, yeah. Um, but it's still nonetheless a rehearsal space, essentially, right. for you. We love the bars back home, but it's like like what you said, it's you kind of test driving the song mm-hmm. for you or the number, the whatever you have conceptualized, mm-hmm. and you bring it back here to see.
1: Yeah, and either way, I'll give it I'll give it everything I have when I do it over there. And um, I love that bar. I mean, they really gave me uh, – they really – elevated my drag at a time that no one was really taking me seriously Mm. um because back home when i started and even as i was doing it for a while a lot of the queens in that area just were not taking me seriously because i didn't wear the big hair i didn't wear the big breasts i didn't wear the nails i didn't wear the crazy makeup um so i would always get like pushed aside Mm. because that was their idea of what drag should be which was very like frustrating because i get it that's a more
0: traditional way of doing drag but drag has come so far since then Mm -hmm. i agree i never understood girls that like would think that like drag has one look one identity or like a set of rules to it i'm like the whole point of this is the fact that there is no rules girl yeah, that's what's always kind of baffled me a bit. And I never understood that. But teaches their own and they learn, I guess. Yeah, so. And when
1: I started, I, the, when I the first competition I was doing when I first started, um, it was always ho- hosted and judged by a certain RuPaul's Drag Race mm, alumni. Gotcha. I'm not going to name her. Um, but is she a local uh, here? No. But over there in yes. California. yep. Yes. OK. Yes. Yes. Um, Her thing was, if you came out for your performance and you weren't wearing nails, she would immediately give you a zero. Really? Mm -hmm. You could have an incredible performance, but because if you're not wearing nails, zero. Like, if she were watching this right now and saw me, she'd be like, what the fuck are you doing?
0: (laughs) Fascinating. Yeah. And mind
1: you, I mean, I have a lot of respect for her because she is incredible and her makeup is on, and her face gets... Mimicked a lot.
0: I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Only because somebody else talking to the other day said the same thing. Yeah. Um.
1: But also having her be like the judge or the host kind of pushed me to want to impress her, um, in a certain way. Um, and so I think the one time I finally got my flowers from her was, I just random randomly one night uh, did Shania Twain for the first time, and I guess she was like a huge Shania Twain What's fan. On? I did, like, a mashup of That Don't Impress Me Much and Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Taste. And it was, like, the first time that she's ever saw me perform where she removed herself from her, like, seat that she usually would sit on, which didn't face the stage and, like, took the time to sit in the audience and, like, fully watch. And I, like, would, like, take glances at her during my performance, and she was smiling. So that was, like, the first time where I felt like, okay, well, maybe you do like me because it was very hard to read her yeah. Um, during those times I did that so even though that was nice getting that kind of recognition from her and her applauding me doing Shania or whatever because I guess she was a huge fan um, I'm still not wearing nails <laughs> so sorry it's just not my thing like they slow down the whole process I agree and I hate the feeling of like if I'm adjusting myself, it hurts because the nails are, like, glued to you. And then, yep. like, if I want to fix my hair, it's hard. If I need to zip up something, tight, it's just, no.
0: Performing, worried if one is going to come off, because then what do you do? You're just running around with four nails on. Like, yeah. it's not as easy as girls think. And It's funny because, like, even now, like, I watch, um, like, Alaska and Willem's, like, Drag Race cap show or whatever. And Alaska's, like, notoriously never wearing nails. And it's like, yeah, I take back everything I said. If you aren't wearing nails, you're actually doing drag. Yeah, and I'm like, well, it just makes,
1: uh, for me, it just makes it easier. Um, so yeah. So now here, this year in 2023, um, I decided, okay, I need to really focus on my drag as much as I can here because mm-hmm. I do want to be a part of the community. I do want to be a part of all these events that are happening that look incredible. Yeah. So um, I started really reaching out to the girls that I had worked with a little bit here and there who are established, and yeah. thankfully they were very welcoming, and they were like, "Yeah, we would love to have you in our shows." So I was like getting guest spots here and there for most of the winter and spring, and then until recently, um, I did discography American Idol at Come On Everybody. Mm-hmm. I think it was in April. I want to say April, and it was I just like DM'd Nikki O to do, to do like the open set portion because they yeah. have, she does she does that for discography where if you want to perform but you're not part of the main cast, you can just mm-hmm. sign number. up. Yeah. So I asked her and I was like, sure. She was like, of course. So I went and I did like a Kelly Clarkson song and it was um, Love So Soft.
0: Taste,
1: which the thing was was like, Which the thing was like, I the theme was American Idol and I was like, well, fuck, what am I gonna do? Because <laughs> everyone took all the good Kelly songs. I see. Um, and I'm not really familiar with like everyone else's music. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I remembered that she had Love So Soft and it was upbeat. So I was like, okay, I yeah. can dance to it. So I did it. And then I remember her telling me when I finished, saying, like, what are you doing next month? And I was like, Aww. I was like, nothing. She's like, well, we're doing Night of a Thousand, Missy Elliott's. Do you want to do it? And Aww. I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> and I remember I already knew about Night of a Thousand and the, the discography shows. Um, and it was always something that I always wanted to do because my drag aesthetic essentially is paying homage to the greats yeah. and icons. So anything themed like that is exciting for me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Even if it's someone I've never done, like I've never done a Missy Elliott number, Uh but it was, I knew Missy Elliott. I grew up listening to her, so of course. Exactly,
0: and you did it and it was a serve, must I say.
1: Yeah, so I did that show and that was a lot of fun. Um, And I actually did a song that I didn't really know, but it was recommended by a friend of mine, um, because everyone took all the songs I wanted. (laughs) Um, But I had a great time, it was a lot of fun. So then the Britney one was announced. And then she included me in that, and that was just this past week. And I literally, kid you not, the moment I stepped on that stage and just like seeing how many people were in that room and in that crowd, and just the format of it with the stage, yeah. the huge stage, and just
0: your three dollar bill debut, like yeah. at the actual three dollar right. bill venue, yeah, right,
1: which was something I had always wanted mm-hmm. for, for my you know life here in New York as a drag queen, yeah, so. And then doing Me me Against the Music, which is a song I had done millions of times. Um, but this was the first time doing it that I felt like, okay, mm-hmm. this is why I do what I do. Yeah. And Britney was the reason I became a drag queen, essentially, yeah. because I've been following Britney since I was two years old when she came out. Mm-hmm. Back in, was it, 97, 98? Yeah. Um, so I have always been mimicking her, like... Since I was like four. Mm-hmm. And I, then since I was able tonight. to comprehend and learn choreography. Right, right, right. Which four years old was like, oops, I did it again. Um, so I've always just idolized her in the sense of how she would just take over a stage. Yep. And just her ability to just dance and make it look so seamless, not forced at all. Because mm-hmm. you can tell when someone's really trying with their choreography. Absolutely. And then there's people who, they do it so perfect, but it looks like they're just doing it in their sleep. Exactly. Which, the only two people I feel like
0: perform that way are Janet and Britney, as far as choreography goes. I agree. Like, of, like, those greats, it's still just them. And it's funny because, like, Britney's a trained dancer, obviously, but there's still, like an element about her that like is very freestyle and it like she knows how to improvise and knows how to kind of just make the chore- the choreography that the dancers are doing that she's also doing her own mm-hmm. like she's still eating up her backup dancers during onyx and during dream within a dream tour mm-hmm. but she's still adding her own flair because i'll watch you know i'll watch like a what it's like to be me and i'm like what is it about her that makes her stand up from everybody else because they're all yeah. doing the same number everyone's outfits look great too so it's not necessarily an aesthetic thing but you just see her and it's you know the extra hair flip it's the attitude it's like that's why she is who she is Mm -hmm. it's that extra like sprinkle on top that she adds to everything and there's a
1: lot of girls who do hair whips and hair flips but no one does it no one there's just something that she has in her neck that just (laughs) she i don't know what it
0: is it's funny because like Britney stands too, it's because we are Britney stands. We know many Britney stands. It's like, and we're Britney stands from the beginning. It's like we have that lady's anatomy studied. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like the only other people that could somewhat resemble a Britney hair whip is a Britney stan. You know what I mean? Like, I just think about, say, like your house parties where it's like you, me and Kev, were are all twirling to a Britney song. Say it's Breathe On Me. Whenever there's an O or a, some type of moan, that's our cue as Britney stands to <laughs> slow bring it around. Like it's just something in us. I don't know what it is, but I love that about her. And I think obviously in the best way possible, like you've always reminded me of her. Oh. And that's probably just cause you've studied her yeah. your whole life. And what's, the, yeah.
1: what's funny is sometimes if I'm performing someone that's not Britney, I sometimes catch myself still doing like Uh a Britney hair flip (laughs) because it just feels right. It feels natural to me because of all just after all these years of studying her and my dancing style to be modeled after her, I feel like it's essential to have the hairography and Mm -hmm. I do get comments, you know, whenever I finish a a number or whatever people be like, my God, that hairography.
0: So yeah, it um, was like, girl, I'm so proud of you. Like you. I've seen you perform now like a handful of times. I'm not just saying this because we're recording, but like that night, like it's going to get obviously bigger and better from here on out as always. But like, girl, it became like the queen headlining in three to $3 bill in that moment. It was like everyone was just watching bopping to the song, but like kind mm. of not because they were just gazing yeah. and as a Britney stan myself, it's just the little nuances. It's something as simple as like when she goes into the floor moment during Me Against the Music, the way she left leg arm gets up and still makes it pussy, and like just the way <laughs> the hair was still like even when your hair would get messy after tossing it, everything was just so Britney. Oh, the, and hair, the fan too. The f- I um, love a good fan on the stage. You, I need a fan. We're fucking that fan.
1: Yeah. A Down. Fan, a fan will literally just elevate me a thousand times more. And we can all think that to Beyonce because I think Beyonce is like Beyonce is the pioneer for a fan moment. Absolutely. And so I love a good fan because it helps with the hair getting in the face. It helps with the sweat. Yes. Because I hate sweating. Yep. And I will sweat because I dance. Um, but yeah, no, being up there was incredible. And um, I. I don't get nervous performing, but the one thing that does make me nervous while I am performing is looking at the audience. But the times that I did scan the audience during the performance (sighs) fed me more energy because they were just, something about that
0: crowd that night was just on crack. It was incredible. It was perfect. And that's what I noticed too. The eye contact Mm -hmm. was so there and it's the perfect song too because it's all my people, all my people. Like your eyes were there. Like you were in the crowd and you could kind of see that you would look into the crowd and then you would run off and go into your next little bit of choreo. And I would see you getting more and more and more into it. Like it's the, it was the second chorus that you're going into that choreography, the way you kind of just like went closer to the crowd and then turned around and went right back to your spot to begin (laughs) the choreo. Like you could just see like the adrenaline and the momentum building up inside of you and you, You fucked the whole thing up, but that bit right there, I was like, oh, she's locked into the performance. Like, it you know, just like the way Britney says in Dream Within a Dream, you know, do you ever just lose yourself to the song? (laughs) She's like, it's hot in here. It's hot in here. You ever just... And she just, you know, strips and is talking about how the music takes over. That's what that was. Yeah.
1: I know. It, It was incredible. And I remember when I was done with it, and I walked off, I was... Just for more concerned about just getting some air and, and water more yes. than anything. And then uh, that was the end of the first set, and then I was like just cooling myself in the dressing room and Nikki comes up to me and she goes, Are you kidding? She's like she was like dead serious. She's like, Are you kidding? She was like, That was probably one of the best performances I've ever seen on that stage ever. And I was like, Oh, that was really sweet. Um, yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. And the uh, the rest of the girls were incredible, too. I mean, there was someone came out with a, a motorcycle for Toxic, which was, like, fucking that insane. Was crazy. And then Reese Havoc having her two backup dancers for Baby One More Time was incredible. The
0: lifts in the air and mm-hmm. everything.
1: or And then the girl after for Crazy Blue. My God. I mean, just girl. everyone really brought their A game for that
0: show. Blue was wild. Mm-hmm. Blue was crazy. Like, yeah. I mean, no pun intended, but... That one, who else is, somebody did, I I'm, I know who they are, the name is just like falling out my mind right now, but somebody did Inside Out, and I was like. Oh yes, I remember that. Uh-huh. Genius, uh-huh. genius song yeah, songs. Yeah, and I
1: love that the, the choice of songs were also great, because it wasn't just like the typical Britney songs, some people yeah. did. Get, like so, uh, I think uh, someone did Gas, did someone do Gasoline? I can't remember, but I know uh, Essence
0: did Up and Down,
1: <sighs> which was, that's like one of my favorites.
0: Essence always does yeah. the Kantiest songs in any night she's performing, but yeah, no, yeah, she's great. And
1: that song, I love that song so much. So there was a very good variety of Britney songs, which is so nice, especially for any major Britney fan that was there. Mm-hmm. And even if someone that was there that isn't really a Britney, Britney fan, but they just tagged along with their friends, I'm sure they enjoyed it. Regardless, but they saw a hell of a because show because it was a quality show. Exactly. And mm. that's what I want to be a
0: part of. Mm, girl, it's about to begin <laughs> clearly. So, what is, like, I feel like as Britney stands, we all kind of identify with an album slash era of hers. What is your album or era of Britney that like you identify as? Mine always
1: has been and always will be in the zone. I love in the zone because I think it's such a departure from the first three. Mm-hmm. And even though the first three are also different, this was like a real change in sound. Mm-hmm. I feel. And I loved her confidence during that era. I mean, she was really feeling herself sexually and, mm-hmm. and just really embracing becoming a real woman. Um, but also just like the, the, the variety of genres on that album is incredible. Like we have hip hop, we have R&B, we have pop, we have some little you know soul jazzy moments on there as well. Um, and the ballads are beautiful. One of my favorite songs actually on that album is Brave New Girl.
0: My sister, (laughs) my sister.
1: I remember being like, I think the album was, the album was 2003. So 2003, I was eight years old. November 13th, 2003. I was like eight years old. My mom had just rented a duplex in a town in California. And that's when the album came out. And I remember every day when I would shower, this was before iPhones or anything like Uh that. So we couldn't stream music. CD. No, I I I didn't even do that. I was literally singing Brave New Girl in the Shower. Work. And like I was like literally like performing it in the shower and everything, like that oh. was like my shower song, "Brave New Girl." Like of all the songs on the album, it was "Brave New Girl." It was like so funny. So then, um, <laughs> yeah, I love that album. That album holds a lot of memories. That was also when you know the Britney Madonna kiss happened, mm-hmm. and that I saw in real time happen. You know, really? watching the the VMAs yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so culturally, I think at a, at that time, Britney was just. She was already the biggest pop star in the world, but also. That time she was just the, even more of a big pop star. It was, just, it was just insane her fame level at that time.
0: Yeah, I think what it is about in the zone. I have the same answer in the zone. My favorite album still from her, and just the era I identify with all of it. The way she was, the way she, where she was with her sexuality. She also at that point she knew what she's done in the past three albums and three airs And in the past, however many five, six years she realized she's like, Oh shit. I'm like truly like not to be corny, but she realized she was like, Oh, I'm that girl. Yeah. That's what outrageous is about. Like in the zone is literally just like her, like, what is it called? Like a finishing lap around mm-hmm. the pop music mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. essentially. You know what I mean? While still, like raising the bar and keeping every performance and every look and every appearance just as newsworthy and controversial as the previous, just like in the dream within a dream era. But like all those are uh, Bernie Aaron, but all those other eras, it's like she was still hungry. She was still fighting to be the top girl. Whereas in the zone, she just knew she was essentially.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, there was no one like outdoing her at that time. No one, no one. And so people
0: don't realize it to this day, like not to be a grandpa, but like, like kids won't understand the level of takeover she had. You couldn't go anywhere Mm -mm. without seeing her. You would go to McDonald's. They would have like a Britney toy or you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. something you would go to Kmart, her backpacks, everything like if kids thought like the Hannah Montana takeover was crazy. They didn't see it.
1: (laughs) It's a good comparison, though. Yeah, it is. Right. Um, Yeah, so it just, that album will always mean so much to me on a different level. I mean, the music's just incredible regardless. Um, And so, like, my drag just has always been a love letter to her, because she just truly embodied what a pop star should be. The modern-day pop star, because we had... You know, Madonna and Janet before her and they were both incredible mm-hmm. but Britney just brought it to a whole new level at the end of the millennium yeah so it just was uh, I love her so much for that album and, and you know blackouts a great follow-up too and blackout is so different as well and ahead of its time but I don't know why there's just something about in the zone same that to me feels like a period piece but not a period piece because the, the production of those songs would do so well even today.
0: So I agree. Like if any song on that album were released and put on radio Mm -hmm. today, it would still sound fresh and new, which is crazy. And it's like, how do I explain it? That's the thing. It's like, I love blackout, but I don't, I love it. My second favorite Britney album, but it's like, if it were an outfit, I see blackout as like something she was wearing at the time, which is like those skimpy little like fucking lace, body con dresses you get at like the hoochie hut or something, which we love. And I have a few, (laughs) but in the zone is for the girl. That's just, what'd she say? And a baby T in a, uh, brave new girl. Um, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, She says little baby T,
1: that's like one of the verses. Uh-huh. She's gonna,
0: right she gonna get right out of this. She don't want she wanna, wanna, she to. Right she don't want to. Special kids. She don't want to. She don't
1: want to. Ooh, like, green. green. She wish yes. the <laughs> the touch the sky.
0: Oh, you know what I mean? Uh oh, ah. That song is so good. It's, people that hate that song don't like fun. I think it's also beautiful because it's her, like, tw- it's the last song in the album. It's her realizing, like, oh, shit, I'm gonna step outside. You know, like, she is mm-hmm. the brave new girl, and that's what I love about mm-hmm. there. And I'm gonna end it there. Like
1: it was her pro- her proclamation to say, like I'm
0: I'm changing, I'm growing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, it's kind of a ray of light in a way. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that. Especially that song specifically, because that's her finding her voice. But to go back to you, one thing I like about you in this certain era of your life, which I agree, you're kind of like in your in the zone era, is that you are finding your own voice as a performer and as an entertainer now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You've gone from California, you've come here, you're not just doing drag leisurely anymore. You still enjoy it and you still find happiness in it. And knowing you personally, like I see the kind of like machine moving in your head in a very well of like very well way of like, okay, how am I gonna move this forward though? Mm-hmm. Like what's my intention behind this thing, despite just doing it because it's fun? Yeah. How has it been um, actively trying to like enjoy it? Make sure it's still fun, but also like knowing it's time to be a businesswoman, raise your voice whether it's like negotiating, like booking wages or certain things that are offered to you at a booking, your writer, et cetera. Yeah, I think um,
1: as as much as I love drag and it hum, as much joy as it brings me, and just the rewarding feeling I have or I I feel whenever I'm like I step off of a stage. I truly enjoy my life outside of drug, And I think that's why I haven't really um, made it a full-time hobby because I do have a full-time job. I do have a a regular, you Mm -hmm. know, nine-to-five job like every working girl in New York City. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I love to have my time with, you know, as Michael and with my friends and my roommates and just enjoying my time in New York city to just enjoy the city. Mm-hmm. And so, but there comes, you know, the drag aspect and it's a lot of work, but it's work that I love. And so it's different when you love it yeah. because you're enjoying it and it doesn't feel like work. And so now that I've been doing it more often here this year, And I see, you know, the people I work with and everything and how much they enjoy doing it. And some of these girls, you know, a lot of the girls, actually, they in this city, they do this as a job. Like this is this is their income. This is how they make a living and how they survive living, you know, in New York City. And so seeing their their drive for that is making me feel like, okay, well, sure, you don't want to do this as a career right now, at least. Mm -hmm. But. You see how rewarding it is to do it more often than you've been doing it. So now I'm I'm like okay yes, and I think also having like the motivation from Kevin, my roommate, um, like he I I sometimes like to call him like my unofficial manager because I was he, just about <laughs> to
0: say the same thing. Your unsigned manager.
1: Like he's like I'll be like tired or whatever, and he's from a show or whatever and he'll just be like okay girl well let's get ready for the next one like he's like you got to keep going like this is not you can't be like okay i'm done for now like no you need to keep going and i agree um but he doesn't do drag so he doesn't understand the toll that it takes on our bodies yeah um but i i truly appreciate like having someone like that at home Mm -hmm. make me feel like you you know you're good at this you really need to keep doing it
0: yeah completely and that's the thing it's like you would know if somebody was telling you to keep going if it came from like a weird or negative kind of intention, whereas he's only doing that because he sees it in you already Mm -hmm. and he believes in you. And that's why all of us are like, girl, keep going. you know. And then you have moments where Nikki O is pulling you off stage and be like, girl, where have you been this whole time? You just ate that.
1: Yeah, and when it comes from people like that, um, and it's not just Nikki O who has kind of given me like that kind of uh, validation. But when it comes from people like Nikki O oh and others who have a place in this industry, in this, uh, specifically in New York city, mm-hmm. um, it makes me feel like, okay, like you should take what they say seriously because yeah. they know what they're doing. Evidence shows that they are successful in what they do here. Yeah. And you know, you want to continue to make those connections with those people because, Even though we're all in this together, we all do the same thing, but you learn from each other. And I think with drag, especially in a city like this, what I've truly appreciated is that the drag is so diverse Mm -hmm. and everyone's interesting, you know, and especially even when it comes to like the different boroughs, like there's such a difference between Brooklyn drag and Manhattan drag. And now that I've kind of explored Brooklyn a little bit more as far as performing, um, it's starting to become like my favorite scene. Mm-hmm. I love performing in Manhattan because I love like the stages and everything and the yeah. bars are great and the energy is great from the crowds. Um, but there's just like something about Brooklyn drag that makes me feel like I can take risks. I can change it up. Mm-hmm. I can not be in my comfort zone and the crowd will still love it. Um, and it's not like that everywhere. Yeah. Cause I, agree. I like I, how I was mentioning back at home it's not like that. I have to like Mm -hmm. kind of please the crowd more than pleasing myself.
0: It's kind of like with those crowds back home, it's kind of like a job. Mm -hmm. Like you're giving them a service. Of course, like that's anything, but like there specifically, whereas Brooklyn, you feel like I'm here to just solely express myself and get paid to do so. Mm -hmm. And what I like about Brooklyn too, and I think that might be the like aiding factor behind the openness is just Cause everybody in Brooklyn is like younger in their 20s, or you know what I mean? It's like they came there because they wanted to see something new. Because we love Manhattan Dragon, everything, but there's more beyond that. Oh, yeah, and we've seen the like positive effects of that, like the Glam Awards last year, which mm-hmm. Brooklyn completely sweeped. Mm-hmm. It just shows like sometimes, like that change and kind of like subtle reinventing the wheel is actually really fierce and it works
1: yeah and you know just like some being being a part of that experience is making me want to change things up like the things I wear when I perform like mm. it should not I, I don't want to have to always resort to a cat suit or a bodysuit. like I can you know make it a little bit more urban and wear like a, pedest- a pedestrian outfit but you know Give Still it make some, it cunt. Give it some, za- give, make it cunt where it's stage also ready. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I am like, I love that I'm, you know, seven years of doing this, but I'm learning more now than ever. I see. Because of just the variety that there is out here. hmm. And, um, the girls I meet are all, you know, super sweet and incredible. And, um, it's nice to like, you know, be in the dressing room and, and talk and interact with them. And, yeah. um, them show appreciation to me and me showing appreciation to them like it's generally my experiences have been positive with the girls here Mm -hmm. um which is not always the case no because a lot of times drag queens are you know have such big egos and they really let it get the let let it get the best of them and they come off pretentious or they have a really you know high head and they Mm -hmm. think they're above Mm -hmm. everyone it's like girl we're we're all doing this. We're all doing the same thing. We're all wearing makeup, throwing on a wig, literally patting ourselves. Like, Mm -hmm. it's all, it all comes down to just having fun. Like just have fun with it. It It's not that serious. It really isn't. Even if it is your life, your income, even if it is your way of living, have fun with it. Exactly. Because if you start to make it something that is more
0: than just fun, then you're, you're killing the vibe for everyone. Literally. And it's like, if you are here to be serious and just make money, then, like, girl, this ain't the industry for you, hon. Like, mm-hmm. go get an office job mm-hmm. or something. Why are you here yeah. $3 bill twirling at 2 in the morning? And you
1: can tell who does it just for likes or oh, exposure. Yeah. And those who do it because they really love it. You can mm-hmm. tell by the way they perform and the way they give to the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always... I have never oh, I have never taken this seriously because I know it's just fun. it can i I've seen how drag has become this commercial thing with drag race. and yeah. now it's become this this empire or this 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 way of becoming like a corporation of yeah. some sort. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just fun and it's entertainment. And so I've never looked at it as like, make this something that needs to be like a career you need to take it so serious i i just i can't do that yeah. because to me it's always going to be fun and
0: when things are fun they're not meant to be taken seriously that's where i relate to you in so many ways like we just don't like the idea of taking things seriously we don't like competition either, Mm -hmm. which is great. And we love that about us, but it's like, sometimes when it comes to like wanting to get to that next level, you don't have to be necessarily competitive, but it's like, you kind of need that little like boost from a Kevin or from somebody. And it's like, uh, it's just like, sometimes people don't understand. It's like, we're just very, like, we're just always chilling. Honestly, as long as like Bernie's playing somewhere, we're doing all we love. We're cool. And it's like, we can't ask for more in those moments, but sometimes it's like, it doesn't matter if you can't ask for more, ask for more, Mm -hmm. see if there's more. Mm -hmm. And just in this past year of you really blowing up, like there's been plenty more that you've been able to grace, honestly.
1: Yeah, Um, I'm excited to see like where this goes and essentially my goal would be to have like a, a, a spot every week to just do my thing even if it's just once a week, just knowing that I'll
0: have that to look forward to every week mm-hmm. would be nice. You know what I could see you doing? I could see you doing like a weekly show that's like like maybe the theme not theme in terms of musically and what people are performing, but it's like say it's like a you know, like a weekly competition. Like a like an American Idol but make it like Brooklyn or make it Harlem. Mm. Like Harlem Idol or Brooklyn Idol, something of that sort. And it's you and maybe two other entertainers judging it. I could see something like that. Because that <laughs> takes from what you've been inspired by the early 2000s and whatnot, but still making it a weekly drag show. I don't know. I, I just see something like that. Well, you like-
1: mentioned Harlem, and I feel like uptown, the, there is a queer nightlife, but mm-hmm. it's
0: so minimal. Yeah.
1: And I wish it would grow because the queer community up there is really growing. Yeah. And it would be nice to have more access to places like that uptown. Mm-hmm. Um, the places that we do have, they're great. Yeah. Um, but people tend to forget that that region
0: exists of Manhattan, like mm-hmm. as far as going out to have fun. Yeah, because it's like most girls are coming down from Harlem to Manhattan to go party, or you know, if they're an entertainer to go work a gig, and it's like. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't, were not there enough up there? Mm-hmm. Because there's yeah. people up there.
1: And I love living up there because it makes me feel at home because of the community that is there. Um, living in Harlem make, I've always respected the natives that are from there because they remind me of like my tias, like mm-hmm. being Latino and all that. Um, the people that I see just on the streets of Harlem remind me of the people I would see back at home yeah. in the neighborhood I was living in. Because the neighborhood that I was living in back before I moved here um, was very much like a Harlem kind of neighborhood. It was very, um, the, the demographic was very Latino, very black. And um, that always makes me feel more at home because mm-hmm. that is my upbringing. Yep. And so having that here gives me like a piece of home
0: million percent. I'm the same way. Like across the street, there's a deli that like the girls and I literally live at essentially and everybody there is Arab. I mean, as like kind of most delis are in the city, but like this one, it's specifically like an Arab brand deli. There's people that are from Morocco, Egypt, other areas, Lebanon. And I'm just like, ugh. like I, you know, I walk in and I hear the old music that my mom plays and mm-hmm. I'm hearing them not talk like, touristy Arabic but I hear people like spitting <laughs> in our language you know what I mean like uh-huh. when the girls are really getting down and white people think they're yelling but they're just chatting Right? you know like that kind like those little reminders of home keep you so grounded it kind of take you away from like kind of the constant stimulation yet like escapism this city provides mm-hmm. for us which is nice sometimes But sometimes it's like I just want to go home but I can't or just be there and get reminded of a time where things were simple you know
1: yeah and i feel like um because when i was very young my first language was actually spanish Mm. when i was like two or three and then when i was growing up my parents didn't really enforce it anymore Mm -hmm. so now it's become a thing where i know how to speak spanish and i i can speak it but i just have lost my confidence speaking it. So now when my parents talk to me in Spanish, which they're both fluent in English and speak it very well, but sometimes they'll talk talk to me in Spanish because they want to, I'll
0: always respond in English. Yep. I'm the same way with Arabic. Yeah. Respond in English to just like stereotypical first gen kid mm-hmm. and everything. But what have you learned in the past 7 years of doing drag from California and what has this it's been 2 years in New York? Doing yes, drag, yes. And what have the past two years in New York doing drag taught you?
1: Well, doing starting off in California, um, I did learn a lot, and I learned a lot of things from you know other local girls, and I did essentially create a very strong sisterhood with a group of girls out there. But I'm, I'm still very close to them. Um, and whenever I go back home to do the shows, I always make sure to have them in the shows with me mm-hmm. um, because I do love them a lot. And I you know I miss them all the time because they were like me in the sense that they never took it seriously. They were just doing it to have fun. So yep. to have them mm-hmm. and be in the dressing room with them, it was always just fun and games. It was never drama. It was never um, taken too seriously. Mm-hmm. So I think that was like the one thing I learned doing it was to not take it seriously. Um Moving here, I would say that I've learned that I already somewhat knew, but I think here, being here physically and seeing it happen and seeing all these other performers, it made me truly realize that drag is so diverse and that we need to embrace that. And we need to stop expecting a certain way of it to be done because it's just not gonna work.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's how it doesn't grow either, Mm -hmm. you know? Another question. What did you eat today? What did I eat today? <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: I actually had n- didn't really eat today because okay. I was so tired this morning. But I did actually make myself a really fierce. Um, so, you know, the King's Hawaiian bread? Yes. So I have like the loaf of it that is like in sandwich slices. Mm-hmm. So I toasted that a little bit, two of them. And then I made scrambled eggs. I sprinkled shredded cheese. And then I put honey ham on the pan for like Ooh. two minutes. And then I put it on the bread, and then I squeeze a little bit of ketchup, and then I just I had myself Ooh. a ham, egg, and cheese Ooh. with ketchup sandwich. But then I was still hungry after, uh-huh. and I Quaker makes a uh, cereal, and they have like this um, blueberry like oat cereal, but it has like puffs in it as well, Gotcha. kind of like um, rice crispy puffs in a way, mm. and they have like little chunks of blueberry, so it tastes like a. Like a blueberry muffin slash blueberry oatmeal in like a cereal.
0: That actually sounds good. It and, is really good. And I'm
1: not a cereal girl. I actually, I love cereal. cereal. Really? I do. Wow. I love when it like sogs up in the milk. Oh my God. I love it. Same with like my cookies. Yeah. Whenever I eat cookies, your I cookie have, soup, I, my cookie soup. <laughs> yes. You know, I told my mom <laughs> about that. She was like, I'm going to try that tonight. It's, I it love, so I just funny. love having it like that. Cause it's just so fun. And I love for the like pastries to just sog up and everything.
0: It's great. Yeah, I'm OK on that one. <laughs> I I respect the art that is cereal, but it's just not for me. I like a lot of foods. That's not one I like. But it's funny because I did kind of have a similar thing this morning. What you made, I always call a slutty egg sandwich, oh, essentially. Yeah. Like when you're just like whipping up a nasty egg sandwich at home, like even Giuseppe knows. He's just like, are oh, you making a slutty egg sandwich? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking the shit out of it right now. It's so good. I mm-hmm. made essentially the same thing mm-hmm. today, which is funny. We might have to go eat after this. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm, I'm like, kind
1: of thinking like I should also like, because I am currently writing a book, I feel like I should also write a book of like recipes of like, should I make? Because I've really been in like my cooking era. Percent. I've been in my cooking era. Listen,
0: all the shit that you've cooked up out of all the times I've been at your place have been amazing. Like the whole spread you had at the last house party, girl.
1: Yeah. Well, it's because I know at some point I'm going to be hungry
0: and Genius. I'm going to want there to be good food. <laughs> um, You're lucky I was DJing because if I wasn't I would have like lifted the table <laughs> up and just ate it. Yeah, mm.
1: no, I love, so yeah, this past year my, my love has been making uh, charcuterie boards, like that has been like my thing. Mm. And during the pandemic I really like dived into the art of making them. Yeah. So, because we had nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love making a good one you know like that or then like recently because my two other roommates well my one of my other roommates and his boyfriend they love to cook like that's that's their way of bonding like they could care they could care less to like go out to the clubs and go out to the bars and like party and all that they are completely content with being at home watching drag race and like cooking a fucking phenomenal meal and so, like, seeing them do that, like, I'm like, well, shit, I need to stop eating out because they make it look so easy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, let me look up recipes. So, like, I think the first thing I made was, like, uh, southwest chili. And it came out so good. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Uh, and then I made, like, a lasagna. I made, like, a, a quinoa salad, which was fucking delicious. Um, and now I've been making, recently, like, pizzas. Like the other day, I made like a a white pizza with Alfredo. Uh It had chicken. It had the cheese. It had like pieces of basil. It had like red Mm -hmm. onion. And then when it came out of the when it came out of the (laughs) oven when it came out of the oven,
0: (laughs) I like drizzled like Frank's red hot on
1: it. Oh, I was wet.
0: Yeah, I am (laughs) like squeezing my legs together. Fuck, and Frank's too. Love Louisiana, but Frank's does it for me. So
1: now I'm like thinking. I'm thinking like what if this would be like a cool way like with the current book that I'm writing like what if like after each chapter I'll be like whatever story I tell I'll be like you know this story reminds me of this
0: food so here's a recipe for this. That's a great idea. (laughs) Jesse Ware released a book called Omelette where it's it's um each chapter is a food and then it's the story around it. Mm. But there's no recipe. So you have that over her. Do it. I should do that. I always see you two doing like this is just me being a former digital producer. Um, Like I just see you doing some type of like TikTok or online content of like what the queen eats after like a gig or something (laughs) like that. And you just like, I just screen record my Uber eats. Yes. (laughs) That and like like, the experience, you getting it, you eating it almost like a, like an ASMR mukbang meets that. Mm -hmm. I see that you like, reflect your night as you're eating your whatever your McDonald's order is. What is your McDonald's order, by the way? My McDonald's order is always, always two
1: double cheeseburgers, plain, because I just love mm. the meat and the cheese from McDonald's. Mm. It's the only place I'll get a burger plain. Mm. Um, I'll get two of those, and then I get a six-piece of nuggets. <laughs> Batty. Then I get a medium fries. And then recently they've been selling Hawaiian Punch, so I'll get Hawaiian Punch. Mm-hmm. I have to have ranch their barbecue you know their barbecue is a staple absolutely Um, sometimes I'll order like their buffalo sauce um, for the for the nuggets or sweet and sour of course always and um, yeah typically I'll do that that is like my go-to meal sometimes depending on the time of year I will order a pie My favorite is the custard with like the rainbow sprinkles in it. Oh, absolutely! Or I do love the pumpkin one. I do love the the strawberries and cream one. The guava and cheese one. That one, yeah. Which that one they have more often here because the demographic is more Puerto Rican, Cuban, Mm -hmm. and that is that is like a Cuban staple. When I
0: lived in Miami, I was getting that. Nightly, Mm -hmm.
1: high as hell. Yeah, back home in California, there's like a really famous Cuban pastry chain, Mm -hmm. and they're only in California. Um, and they like sell these amazing like pastry, like puff pastries with guava and cream cheese inside. It's so fucking good. I'm getting like disastrously wet right now. (laughs) I know. Honestly, if I could like choose, if I if I had the luxury of choosing between sex and food, I would choose food because food will always. You don't have to prep for
0: food. That's what I'm you have saying. To, sometimes you have to cook it, which is fine because at least the reward is rewarding. And sometimes somebody else is prepping the food. Yeah, aka I'm mm-hmm. just ordering it. Mm-hmm. They got
1: it covered at McDonald's. I, I'm just I, I'm getting my lips nice and ready to just devour the food. <sighs> most times, um, yeah, I my my love with food is just incredible, and that comes from like my parents. My mom more than anything because growing up, my mom was very. Um, open to exposing my brother and I to different cultural foods. Mm. So we grew up like at a very young age eating Mediterranean food. We grew up eating Asian food. Like we, we were never allowed to be picky because she didn't want us to be like that growing up. And like, like being an adult and being a picky eater is kind of like embarrassing.
0: Girl. Yeah. Like try something, take a bite of something. Yeah. I'm glad I've never met a guy that's a pick eater. When somebody's willing to try shit that's hot to me, I'm like, eat that hummus or whatever. <laughs> Which, like, peop- I met somebody the other day who doesn't like hummus. I was just like, you're 13. Ugh, I love Grow hummus. Up. I love a good roasted red pepper or or a roasted garlic one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The ones with, like, have you tried, like, the ones with, like, an olive tapenade mm-hmm. in it? Mm-hmm.
1: I recently went to, like, a Mediterranean spot in Brooklyn. I forgot the name of it. But...
0: Yeah. Oh, I will take you to plenty, sister. Okay, well, we me.
1: need to do that because Mediterranean food is one of my top fives.
0: my favorite. For sure. I love Mediterranean food. I'll take you. I have a perfect list of places. <laughs> I'll take you. We're just gonna
1: have like a, that, that could be like my, that could be like my first TikTok is like a day with me and let's go eat. <laughs> and I'll let's just like do go, it. I'll just go around town and eating. Six course meal
0: at different places. Fuck, I can't wear a corset that day though. I can't wear this. It's fine just a baby tea, as Brittany once said, <laughs> but you have to come back again cause we have more food to talk about more sex to talk about. But nonetheless, I'm so happy, like genuinely, like so happy you came and thank I'm you. like, I was tired this week and I was like, Ugh. another like booking canceled earlier today, but I was like, okay, I have another. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's the queen. Okay. I'll be there. I actually put a face of makeup on for you because Aww. I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank you for coming. Thank you. I'm so proud of you as a performer and as a friend. And I was thinking about, like, the night we first met at Ritz that one time, which is also the Mm -hmm. night Kevin and I first met. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, I'm so glad I know them, and I know Da Queen now and everything. So I'm very happy to have you on my life system. Yeah, it was
1: nice to just – that was, yeah, the first night I met Kevin, too, and, like, meeting him. He, like, walked into the apartment to tour his room, and I was, like – I was in the middle of doing my makeup, and Mm -hmm. I only had my eyes on. And he, like, was, like, oh, my God. But we instantly clicked. And it was, like, it's nice when you meet people and you instantly click like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... And I, I, I've had su- I've had success like that very much with the people I've met here.
0: Yeah. Like, the people I've met in this city just have changed my life so much. Same. Same. Especially because, like, I'm not back home in Maryland as often as I used to be. So, like, now the people that I have here, including you, are, like, chosen family down. Mm-hmm. Like sisters yes it's so
1: nice to have that here so i love i love them so much and i I always will miss and love my best friends from back home they're the world to me Mm -hmm. um but it's so nice to have that here too yeah and not feel lonely or or anything like that
0: Mm -hmm. so again thank you for coming thank you let the girls know that is your camera where they could find you where you'd be performing usually whether it be california new york the world um, where they can uh, follow you. Instagram
1: is Call Michael it. DeQueen. And I, gosh, I don't even know where I'm next, but you'll most likely
0: find out when you follow me on Instagram <laughs> where I'm going to be. Clever answer, my sister. Thank you so much you. for being in my life and for coming. Love you, Grom. Thank you. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Fierce.